Thank you for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. We have a special guest today. We have Nationals reporter with the Washington Post, Andrew Golden, on to discuss some of his recent stories with C.J. Abrams and also to preview a new story that he has coming out very shortly on Josiah Gray and the leadership that he has within the community. So we're going to get into all of that and more right after this. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And so we bring him in, Andrew Golden with the Washington Post. You can follow him over at Twitter. I'm going to get that username up here right this second. But Andrew, what's going on, man? How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited, excited to talk Nationals. Awesome. So obviously we have you on because you've been writing, you've been really pushing out stories on C.J. Abrams over the last month or so, but specifically this one that you had out on October 23rd. And you kind of went in on the season that he had. You know, this is a young guy that has been, kind of pushed through the majors pretty quickly and he didn't really have too much time to develop in the minor league. So kind of what's your overall take on his first full season in the majors, really? I, I think you kind of test on it. I, I honestly think that when you look at, you know, his development this year, he wasn't really supposed to be in the majors. And it was only because Fernando Tatis got injured that he kind of got, you know, he and Hassan Kim, the two of them kind of split time at shortstop. And so I really think when you look at this year, like, this year, probably he would have spent in AAA had it not been for the injury. And so he kind of got called up kind of early and was kind of figuring things out with the Padres. And then he went back down. And then, you know, when he came to the Nationals and got called up, you know, he was kind of struggling a little bit early on. Like he wasn't really making a lot of hard contact, quite frankly. And um, But in the last month, you kind of saw a you know flip switch. Um, I think he was working on some things mechanically that I think he figured out. Um, one of the things that he touched on with me was how he kind of he, he felt like he was jumping at the ball a lot and how mm-hmm. you know the balls were coming in on him a little bit more. You couldn't really get on balls, so kind of staying straight up. Um, and I think that kind of affected his approach. And I think you saw better, you know, better results at the plate, you know, you know, getting on base more often, um, better contact and all that kind of all those kind of things. Yeah, you also mentioned that uh, he worked really closely with hitting coach Darnell Coles. And obviously you saw the switch. You mentioned it in your story as well about how they kind of made a little adjustment in his swing come September. And that's when he really batted over 300 during that stretch in the final of the season. So what do you kind of expect from him moving forward with that swing adjustment? Is that something that's going to we're going to be seeing more of or? What can you kind of go into there with his relationship with Coles? Yeah, I think they, I think they have a good relationship from 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 what I, you know from what I understand what he's explained to me. And I think you know when you look at what he needs to do next year, I think this, I think there's a couple of things. Like obviously, when you look at um, the problem with all the Nationals young hitters was chasing. They chased a lot this year. Yeah. Like, you know, like that is that is naturally part of the game. But like CJ's chase percentage was pretty high. You know, comparative comparatively to the the major league average. So I think that needs to go down. Obviously. Um, I think the Nationals want to see him hit for more power. You know, I think a lot of his hits were ground balls, which are good, but obviously you want to hit more line drives. And um, I think one of the things I mentioned in the story was staying on top of the baseball, and that might not always mean ground balls, but kind of having the mindset of that way, and, you know, these two more line drives and that sort of thing. And so I think the Nationals want to see more line drives, probably some more power next year. Um, and he said this offseason he went to work on kind of developing that power while, you know, maintaining his speed and all the things that kind of make him who he is. Um, and so I expect to see some more power next year. Um, but I, I expect him to have a good year. I expect him to be at the top of the lineup. 
um, you know, I expect him to kind of be like that catalyst who kind of gets things going for them. Yeah. And you know, I, I've, everyone was kind of asking already because I mean, the Nat, when we traded for him, we were the worst team in baseball and we stayed that way throughout the year. And that's not because of him. It's right. He just traded Juan Soto and Josh Bell to all-star players there. And so it, there's a lot of expectations for when it comes to trading with those two guys. And honestly, what I saw from CJ Abrams, he's kind of cool. He's not going to panic too much. And he just seems relaxed out there, especially playing shortstop. I mean, this, this, this is a kid, <laughs> like, you know, yeah. and, this and, is and, someone. And he was making some incredible plays. And I think, you know, he makes, he made the defense just like, the defense just felt a little bit more relaxed. You know, Luis Garcia, obviously yeah. the second base from shortstop and like, it seemed like Luis is a little bit in his head at shortstop, and he got to second base. And like he and CJ have a very close relationship, mm-hmm. and they seem just more relaxed and chill. Um, and I, 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 I think CJ did kind of calm down the infield a little bit. I mean, they, the defensively they still weren't great this year. They're probably one of the worst ones in baseball by most defensive yeah. metrics. But, um, but CJ did look did look good, and his footwork and his mechanics did look better in you know in the field. He still made some errors. Um, especially towards the end of the season, but you know, overall, like he, you, you could see the flashes. I mean, there, I mean, there was a, there was a series against Philadelphia in Philly, um, and he just made like you know like three incredible diving plays, like like in back to back to back games. It was like, oh, like this is what he can be if he, but like you know, now it's about making the routine plays. Um, if he can do that, then I think you know you'll, you'll see a better result. Yeah, exactly. And you know, I hate to because obviously the Nationals, we've had a lot of success at the shortstop position. We had Ian Desmond dating back from 2010 all through 2012 those seasons were incredible from him and then you obviously have trey turner who's uh who's a free agent right now and he's gonna be getting a huge contract uh any any week now really yeah. <laughs> and so but there's a lot of expectations to be reached by cj abrams he was a top 10 pick this is someone who was valuable to the padres organization but ultimately with the development of tatis there wasn't really a position for him to be played and so now he's in a position now to where you're on a rebuilding team, you're young, you have time to develop, and this is an organization that has developed shortstops well under Mike Rizzo. And so I'm, I'm really kind of giddy just to see what he can do moving forward. But you were kind of hitting on this uh, earlier with the power. Obviously, we didn't see that this year, but do you think that's something that Davey and the staff really project for him to be? Does he have like 20 home runs a year in his arsenal? Like what's what's going on with that? I, I'm not sure. I, I'm not, like I. I'm not sure if I'd say t- like 20, but I could see like you know t- 10 to 15 maybe. Like like I, I think mm-hmm. that'd be like more of a realistic, you know, goal for him lo- long term. Um, I, I think the guys you want to see more power out of or you know more home runs out from the staff is you know Luis 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 Garcia's of the world, the Caber mm-hmm. Ruiz's. Um, you know Lane Thomas flashed a lot of power this year. Like seeing the more consistency from Lane. I think those are the guys you look for for more power. Um, I wouldn't expect that as CJ. I expect, you know, more like 10 to 15. When, when I imagine like CJ's hitting, I kind of imagine like a, you know, maybe D Gordon in his prime kind of thing. Like that's, that's kind of how I see him. Being, it's a good hitter. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. A, a pretty, pretty good contact here. Gets on base for guys, hits line drives, his balls gap to gap. Like I would expect, I, like that's, that's where I think the national projecting to be. And that's kind of how I, in my mind envision, you know, if, if he were to project to like the peak of himself, like that's what I would see. Yeah, and you know, I haven't really thought about D Gordon, but now that you mention it, it's like I could really see it because he's someone who does hit for average. He's going to be getting on base, and he's going to be selective with his pitches. Obviously, we didn't get to see that too much this year in a short stint in the majors, but you saw the progression that he made, and that's why everyone's really excited about what CJ can do. And also, 
I've been kind of hitting on this a lot this year to where you see the Braves and you see what they do with their younger prospects and how they just extend them right away. They believe in their system and they believe that in their development staff that they're going to be able to get their players and head in the right direction. They extended Michael Harris. Uh, they've extended Ozzy Alves, Ronald Acuna, all these guys. After you know, one it's, year. It's Strider, they lost to Riley. Strider like, as well. Yeah. It's like, it's it's just what they do. Right. Do you envision the Nationals maybe doing that someday or maybe in the next few months? Is that even a possibility? Yeah, I I, I would say I think you have to wait and see how this year goes. Like, like if, if there are guys who you can see are taking the steps forward and really starting to – I mean, like, like you have to keep in mind, like, like Michael Harris came, came up you know, flying and strategy yeah. flying. And so like, I think you need to see a little bit more production out of some of these guys before you're going to commit to, you know, give them, you know, these, these long-term deals. Like you want to see them produce and to continue to take those steps. Like um, I wouldn't expect that like this year, but maybe, you know, maybe if this, you know, this upcoming 2023 season, there's some guys who kind of show that then maybe the next year, if they keep playing like that, maybe you could see that happen. Um, but I also think, it, you know, there's, there's a lot that goes into that, you know, does the player want to stay Does you know, you know, is, you know, who are the, who are the agents about, like you know, all these different, there are a lot of different factors that kind of go into that. Um, you know, we, I mean, obviously, you know, given, given the national's history with Scott Boris and that sort of thing, you know, there's a lot of factors that go into that, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure, I'm sure the Nationals would love to lock up some of their guys long-term like the Braves did. Um, but, you know, you know, also again, like you got to keep in mind, like a lot of these guys are, haven't even reached their RB years, you know, their, their arbitration years are six years before their free agents. And so like, you know, like when you look mm-hmm. at the deals, like, it's like, they're already taking all that. It's like you know, maybe one or two years added on. So like, it's not like it's like a, you know these super super long term deals or like these like big contracts. It's more just like giving guys you know filling out those years. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. that totally makes sense with it. And honestly, it's like you know I just say that because it's like I'm I'm a Nationals fan. I grew up here in DC. I've seen all the superstars walk walk out the door. And you know I saw to me in my eyes, I feel like I saw enough with CJ Abrams. And uh, I'm gonna get to one more question, but before that. I'm going to tell you about my friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for betting football in the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. I love using Bet Online. I use it for the Sunday slate of games. You should use it. Use their analytics, and they're going to get you right and make you some money. As always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering info with live betting and up to the minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. So I bring Andrew back in because, and also you guys can find. Uh, Find Andrew's story over at the Washington Post. Uh, he wrote this October 23rd on C.J. Abrams. The headline is, as the Padres win now, C.J. Abrams will try to help the Nationals win later. And Andrew is someone who you're in the clubhouse. You speak to the players on a daily basis. What was kind of the vibe that you got from C.J. Abrams? What's kind of his personality like? Because that's something I'm really interested in and just kind of how he meshes with the guys. You mentioned how he's tight with Luis Garcia as well. So what's it, what's C.J. like? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I think he's just kind of like laid back, kind of quiet. It's like not going to be some like rah rah screaming guy, but I think he gets along with his teammates very, very well. I mean, I, I wrote a story, I think it was in September, maybe, maybe like late October, about how CJ kind of learned Spanish and how he kind of connected with some of his Latin yeah. teammates. And stuff. I was like, which I thought was like really interesting. And so I think like he vibes with a lot of people in there. Well, I mean, he and Luis are like, like they're like this in the locker room. From what I can tell, oh, yeah. they, have, they have lockers next to each other. Um, they seem super tight. But no, I think CJ got along with the, with the people in the locker room really well. Um, he's yeah, like he's, he's kind of quiet. He's 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 not going to be one of these guys who who speaks all the time or, or mm-hmm. is, is super super loud. But I think he's a guy who 
um, you know, who, who a lot of guys respect and, and, and they enjoy being around. That, that was kind of the sense that I got from him. Um, again, again, kind of quiet, but I think everybody in the clubhouse really likes, you know, really liked him from what I understood. Yeah, no, I mean, from what I saw from him, there was, I mean, he, he's kind of a professional already at, at the young, ripe age of 22. I believe he just turned 22 about a month ago. Yeah. And so this is someone who I'm 22 as well, but I'm turning 23 in the next couple of weeks. So, I mean, I couldn't only imagine what it's like to be kind of the face of an organization, really. And that's yeah. kind of what I what I want to ask you next. I was ask I was asking Grant Paulson this a couple of days ago, and uh, he, he kind of put him through the blender. If you were to say right now, who is the face of the Washington Nationals? It's a tough question. <laughs> yeah. I probably oh yeah, I probably go with Josiah Gray. Honest, I, I I think I think Josiah Gray right now is probably the face. Um, like I I think again, like I think the start of the rebuild started with he and Kaber Ruiz, and I think you know I I think Josiah probably is. When I look at when I think of who is the face, like I think it's probably Josiah. Like, yeah. Um, now does he blossom into the, the the Max Scherzer that you know you know the guy they trade for? That remains to be seen. All that kind of stuff. But I think when you yeah. look at like right now, like who who do you? You know, I, I always I always think of it as like if a if a Nationals fan walk into a store, whose jersey are they buying first? Like I think if you look at who's in this roster, I think you're buying Josiah Gray's jersey first. Maybe maybe Kaber Ruiz after that, and maybe CJ. But I think those three guys are probably in the in the mix. Those, those three guys, definitely. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I, but I can also see somebody maybe like a Mackenzie Gore if he's a really good year. Maybe he becomes the guy, or maybe you know Cade if Cade can, you know, has a, has a good year too. Although I'm expecting obviously some growing pains. Your first year in the majors, you only have one major yeah. to start, right? Um, but I think those are the kind of the guys that you look at. But I think for right now, I say Josiah. Yeah, and you know what? You mentioned Josiah Gray, and obviously Josiah, you know, he had an up and down year this year. He led the MLB in home runs given up, but someone brought this up to me the other day that they believe in stuff and Josiah's gray has got the stuff, you know, you see, he has put away pitches, his fastball is electric. And really he's just an exciting figure out there on the mound to where you want to get behind him. You want to rally behind him. And I think once he starts giving up the home runs, then I think he's, his game's going to really just take off from there and really uh, just get the electric stuff that we all want to see. And we saw that at times this year. But, you know, obviously, it's still his second year. Or this is his first full season in the majors this season. And he had ups and downs on that. And kind of what did you see from him and uh, maybe the future ace of the team? Yeah, I, I, I think you saw, like, a, a lot of progress, like you mentioned. I mean, I mean, his, 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 I mean, his you know, breaking balls, his curveballs, his sliders are really effective this year. Um, his fastball was electric at times, but also kind of got kind of got knocked around at times. And, like, you look at some mm-hmm. of the home runs he gave up and, like, you know, sometimes it was, it, it was bad locations. Sometimes it was just, you know, you know, le- leaving a ball in the wrong spot, those kind of things. Um, so I think, I think now it's about like, you know, you know, pitch selection, you know, being smarter, thinking about how you're approaching things, maybe using, maybe using those pitches more. I could see him using a changeup. I mean, Jim Hickey always talks about the guys using a changeup and Josiah didn't feel comfortable throwing a changeup this year. At least that's what, you know, Davey kept saying. He's like, you know, Josiah got to throw his changeup, got to throw his changeup. Maybe that's something you see next year. Um, you know, he also threw the sink, he started to throw a sinker towards the end of the year to kind of, you know, throw batters off. So like you have a little bit of movement on your, on your pitches. So I think, I think I'm excited to see what Josiah can do next year. I think, you know, maybe mixing in that, that sinker, maybe some ball, some movement, you know, maybe that'll be more effective for him. Um, Maybe using a a change up. And also I think the other thing too, this year, because of spring training and the late start, you know, there were a lot of things that they couldn't work with guys on because the spring training was shortened. So I think having a full year and a full spring training to work on something with Josiah Gray, maybe that can kind of, you know, get him in a better spot going into next season. Yeah. And you know what, Josiah Gray, like it's, it's, you look at him and, and you just feel like he's going to be able to put it all together eventually because 
you know, he was a top 50 prospect when we traded for him. This is someone who did well in the minor leagues. You saw the stuff. The Dodgers put a lot into him. They really believed in what he could do in the majors. So they weren't just going to give him up for nothing. And they did. I mean, they traded for him, Kiber Ruiz, Gerardo Carrillo, all for Trey Turner and Max Scherzer. Again, those are two superstars that you're getting back in return. And so a lot of people were kind of thinking like, well, Josiah Gray is going to be the next superstar. And it's like, well, like, just because he's getting traded for superstars doesn't mean he's going to be one. But yeah, he's certainly yeah. someone who has the stuff to turn into an ace of the team. I, I, I think he's, I think he's gonna be a solid mix in the rotation. Like you know, you know what I mean. Like, and I, and I think, you know, but, I, but I also, you know, think we should like you know temper expectations a little bit because I think I mean even Dave was kind of like you know like he even said at one point you know right before the All Star break I believe it was he was like you know like if you know Josiah turns into a great like you know middle of the rotation guy so like you know I I think like I think Josiah could you know if he develops he could be really really good but again like I think you know it's hard to replace a Hall of Fame pitcher as as much as guys are gonna be like oh like you know he's gonna be the next Max Scherzer that's hard it's hard to do quite frankly like it's like you don't just find Hall of Fame Hall of Fame pitchers like on the street every day you know like it's just like it comes with time and so you know like. You know, I, I I think like it's all about just like you know progressing and him getting better and better. And if that becomes an ace, like okay, but if it just comes like a really solid pitcher, I think the Nationals would take that too. I think it's I think it's a win. You know, when you look at helping mm-hmm. build a rotation of the future. Yeah, and you know, you you nailed it too. It's like I've been trying to tell myself, I'm like, well, like he doesn't have to be the ace of the team. You know, like yes, we traded him for Max Scherzer, but like if he's a two or a three starter for a good playoff team, like that's a successful trade in my opinion. Right. Like, I, mean, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, look at some of these, some of these playoff teams that are currently playing. It's a lot, you know, you know, it's not, they have like five start. I mean, they have like three, three or four really good start, three start. I mean, the, the Phillies, they have, who they have, they have Ranger Suarez, they have Nola and they have Wheeler, right? Like the Astros have Valdez, they have, they have Verlander and they have McCullers who got lit up. So I think he was tipping. <laughs> right? But like, um, but you know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, Chris Chris Navier Chris Navier was I mean I mean I mean he was he was a starter reliever kind of guy kind of a mixed guy yeah. he was fantastic it's like you look at that like you know like you know you, you don't need to have not every guy needs to be an ace you just need guys who can kind of you know come through and kind of be like guys you can count on in the postseason and you know and that's what the Nationals want and like I think Josiah fits in that picture you know you know pretty perfectly. Yeah, and you know, uh, I know you have a story coming up on Josiah Gray and the Nationals Youth Baseball Academy, and something that I love to highlight is kind of what they do off the field, because obviously, you know, we're fans of what they do on the field, but I also like to highlight what they do off the field, especially in D.C., like, there's a lot to be done here off the field, you know, a lot of players have made a big difference with the Nats Baseball uh, Youth Academy, so what can you kind of hit on there, and what should we expect out of that story? Yeah, yeah, I think it's gonna be a good story about you know obviously the the youth academy was was started in 2014 and so Ian Desmond was the first was the first player ambassador and then it was Anthony Rendon then when he left it was Josh Bell um, and then obviously Josh Bell got traded and so Josiah became you know the, the 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 fourth you know ambassador for the academy and so I think it's just, just gonna be a story about you know why he decided to do it how important it is for him to be involved in the community and kind of. You know, again, like he, this, this, this is his second. You know, it's gonna be his second year with the Nationals. Kind of how he's establishing his roots in DC by being a part of this team. I think it's, a, I think it's an interesting story about, um, you know, you know, just, just Josiah establishing his roots, um, in the community. So yeah, yeah, no, that and that's awesome to see because it, it's it's something to where right now when the Nationals, you know, you know, you're not winning too many games, but uh, as Bruce Allen once said, you can also win off the field. And Josiah Gray is winning off the field by doing that. I, yeah. I was there in 2019 with the youth baseball Academy and I saw what a uh, Rendon did and how close he was with those kids. Like they were just coming up to him, like somewhere like kind of playfully throwing punches at him. Like they were that tight. 
And right. so it really means a lot to these kids and really what they do down in there. And so it's awesome to see Josiah Gray is taking over the ambassador role for them. I know he's going to do an awesome job. Uh, but obviously there's a lot of other Nationals news to get to as well. So thank you guys for making Locked On Nationals your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So obviously, Andrew, there's a lot of Nats ownership news <laughs> floating around, yeah. and uh, you guys have been all over it as well over at the Washington Post. Uh, Barry's Faluga, Ben Strauss, and Chelsea Janes had a story the other day and kind of how Masson is kind of a roadblock right now in this whole situation, and the MLB is getting involved in that. Can you kind of tell us more about that and really yeah. where we are? Yeah, but I, 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 that, that was the latest news out of, out of Barry and Chelsea and, and Ben about, again, like, like, like you said, um, the Masson being the Masson Masson being a part involved in the sale. This is something that we kind of knew might be a roadblock um, because because of the deal with the Orioles and that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, that, that's 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 the latest update. Is that you know that that is a roadblock and a potential thing in the way. Um, but obviously, the MLB is kind of coming in to help to kind of help that process become a little bit smoother, a little bit easier. Um, so yeah, that, that's that's the latest on that. I mean, yeah, it's it's a show. Like obviously, with Masson, you know, they they've got. They do a lot of great things, obviously, but the money situation from the Angelos family, they're kind of holding, they're kind of handcuffing the Lerner family and really in the full revenue that they could be making because the Orioles make more money than Washington, D.C., and Baltimore is obviously a way smaller market. Right. And it, it's just, it it holds off a lot of money for what the Nationals could do eventually, but it's, it's, it's a show. But uh, I want to end off on one last thing on Joey Manessis. Joey Manessis kind of bursted onto the scene this season. Yeah. And I mean, no one expected this, obviously. He's 31 years old. He's kind of been through the minor leagues. He went over and he did a stint over in uh, the Korean professional league as well. And he came up this year, made his major league debut and just completely raped. Like, is this something that's sustainable for you? Like, do you see him with this, starting lineup moving forward as a dh maybe like where do you project him to be I, like, I, it, it's, it's hard it's, like, it's hard because like he, he was so he was so good but, like you like you just wonder how long like that really really is gonna last like i do think i i i, I do wonder like how much of like being in the minor leagues they really did help him kind of like i wonder like, if he hadn't been in the minor leagues this long would he have been this good if he come up say at 25 or 26 right like it's it's, it's an interesting question like i i don't think he'll have the same production next year i just like don't like like i I don't know if it's gonna like last. So now some of those guys just get hot, right? They stay hot yeah. for a while, and you wonder, like, you know, with with the whole off season, like, will guys continue to be hot? I was expecting to have a good year next year. I expect him to kind of, I expect him to be in the lineup somewhere on opening day. Now, how long can he sustain it for? I don't know. Like, quite frankly, like when you look at the future of this team, like Joey Manessis is not the future of the team. Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a great story. I'm sure when you look back at, you know, you know, the Nationals, you know, make the playoffs next time you can look back, like, remember when Joey Manessis was the, you know, was the guy we were at the worst. I think it's, a, I think it's yeah. a great story. I just don't know if it'll be something he can sustain, um, you know, hitting 300. And I don't know how many home runs he was on pace for, but I don't know if it was. He was on pace for a lot. It was yeah, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I don't, I don't necessarily see that. But, you know, I think like if, if, if he hit, you know, 260 and, you know, played first base and right field and DH and did that, I think the Nationals would take that 100%. Oh, um, yeah. I, I just don't see him hitting like, I don't see him hitting like, like 320, like, you know, like he did this year. I, just, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it's sustainable. I think he just, I think he had a really hot two months, which is like, 
more power to him. And that's, and that's no fluke. You know, it is no fluke. Like, to be able to do that for two months consistently is impressive. I just don't yeah. know if that's going to be sustained for a whole six months of a new season. Or, you know, I, I don't know about that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, especially a 162-game season. It's really just hard to imagine that. Uh, but, Andrew, I really appreciate the time today, man. Seriously, you guys can follow him at Twitter, at Andrew C. Golden. And like I was saying earlier, in the next few days, he has a story on Josiah Gray coming out and what he does as the ambassador of the Nationals Youth Baseball Academy. And you just love to see that. But, Andrew, I always end off every interview with, what's for dinner tonight, man? What are you Ooh. having for dinner? Or what do you <laughs> want if you have no idea? So, so, so I had some leftover lasagna that I made. I've, I've been oh. trying to get into cooking this off season, and so I made a lasagna this week. So we're gonna we're, we're gonna do that tonight. I'm very very excited for that. <laughs> Let's go <laughs> leftover lasagna. Fire me up. Yeah. All there right. you go. So thank you guys for making Locked On Nationals your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Andrew. Really appreciate it today. Keep killing it for the Washington Post and uh, look out for your stories because you've been killing it this year, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. All right. Have a good one and uh, we'll wrap this up. Have a good one, guys.